Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to this wonderful podcast. I do hope you're enjoying it. Now we're up to number four. And number four is Jodie Kidd, the most divine Jodie. Yeah, so a little bit different uh, this week. So we've had uh, rock and roll legends, and now we have um, former model. Um, she, what else did she do? She started off um, riding horses. Riding horses, yeah. She was and, a polo uh, player. Yeah, and now she plays around with really expensive cars. <laughs> Lucky girl. <laughs> Indeed. God, I've just been watching her YouTube uh, videos. She is amazing. She's such a racy lady. Um, I love seeing her driving that Ferrari. Her show's called Kid in a Sweet Shop, and they are fabulous. Yes. Really exciting. Great passion for her. Yeah, so um, her episodes are amazing. We'll put a link in the description. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, after you finish watching this episode, click on uh, the link for Jodie's um, channel and uh, check out her, her, her show. It is amazing, it's really, really cool. Um, so with that said, shall we jump into the episode? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So this is Patty drinking cocktails with Jodie Kidd. sitting in your glamorous pub. I know, I know. Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit sad because we're not quite open yet. The big day is next week. Yeah. All right. I'll be coming in or cruising by. Every day, I hope. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. No, it's going, to be, it's going to be lovely. I mean, for the last year, it's been, you know, it's been so sad, you know, that this beautiful old building that normally has lots of people having wonderful moments and and celebrations and you know just to see it so empty for so long was kind of like oh so anyway really looking forward to yeah it. I you know I think the walls absorb laughter mm. and so totally. these walls must be very hungry for some laughter again absolutely and warmth and kind of like just life yeah. you know it's an old old building it's probably maybe four or five hundred years old and and they're used to oh, yes. having kind of life in them the whole time. And so, you know, especially in lockdown, coming here and in the winter and it was all cold and grey and dark and normally we have big roaring fires and things like that. So it's like so sad. But, um, but anyway, here we are on the all cusp. Of, on the cusp. We're about to break through. Yes. Do you know, I was just trying to remember when we first met and I have a feeling Gosh. it was in when you were a young girl Barbados. and we were in Barbados. Mm -hmm. Were you playing polo then? Mm -hmm. I was, I started playing polo, no, I probably met you before, I started playing polo in my kind of mid-twenties. When I stopped modelling, Yes. I kind of needed to get back into kind of, I need, I'd, just living in cities wasn't, wasn't me and I started suffering from anxiety and, and I was getting a lot of 
can I say shit on this one from 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 the English press and remember they all thought that I was kind of anorexic and I was a bad role model which I wasn't I was just uh, had terrible terrible anxiety and so I just needed to get back out to the countryside I needed to get where where I've been born and bred and you know that's 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 where I'm most comfortable um and so I, I moved back out to the country. I needed to get riding again because we were brought up on a farm and my dad was a, was a polo player and a show jumper. And my sister was on, you know, a dressage, play, dressage rider. And so it's in the blood and I needed to get back on a horse and there's something so calming and wonderful about being and riding and being around animals and growing my own veg and doing things like that and I, I was desperate to, to to kind of leave cities and leave the fame and leave you know paparazzis chasing me down roads and you know being in some kind of terrifying chase um, or leaning over fences of friends house and you know just horrible kind of intrusion um, and so that's where I, I started playing polo because the only access to horses I could get was my brother's horses and he was a polo player. So I started picking up a stick and he said, come on, Jodes, I'll take you out. Let's go and have a stick and ball. And I just fell in love with it. Oh, but that wasn't until yeah, my, probably my early 20s. So what were you doing in Barbados? You were living, you had a yes. house, your parents were there. Yes. In Barbados. Yeah. And I remember your father and mother had the most wonderful annual event where yes. they would invite all sorts of extraordinary artists and musicians yeah. to come and play on the island. Yeah, hold a season. Hold a season. Yeah. And it was so glamorous. And everybody would have picnics on the lawn outside. It's like a, a Beijing Lineborn. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we had Pavarotti sang there. I was there when oh, Pavarotti was there. Amazing! It was a it's quite extraordinary, it was wasn't it? It was more extraordinary seeing him trying to get into the sea. And, <laughs> or getting out. Yes. Oh, oh gosh, I know. Um, I was just so lucky and so blessed to have parents that had the foresight to hold this kind of annual event that you know was everything from Shakespeare to jazz to comedy nights to. Pavarotti to rock and roll bands. To it was absolutely the best. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, God, it was fantastic. Very lucky, but every single day I had to put out all the chairs. It started becoming really quite boring. I was like chief chairperson. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, there is always the other side. Yeah, isn't there? no, it was lovely though, and um, and anyone that got to experience the holder season will you know will look back on fond memories. I certainly do. Yeah, I do. But then, anyway, thinking about modelling, because I was a model, but much earlier than you, in yeah. the 60s. And in those days, we had to do our own hair and makeup. I know. There was, you know, no makeup artist then. No. So we had to lug our big, big heavy bags. Amazing. Full of hair pieces and shoes and accessories. Yeah. But then when you started modelling, in what period um, was that? Maybe 90, 96. Okay. Um, but went, you know, really quick. I wasn't kind of slogging around and, and I started modelling and immediately, you know, was kind of opening Mark Jacobs in New York. And, wow. And so I went, I... I Who's got, your agent? I was with wonderful Lorraine Ashton at the oh, beginning. Yes. Yeah. And that was where, because Lorraine was a good friend with mum and she ran IMG and her boyfriend or fiance was Terry O'Neill yes did they get married I don't think they got married they were just they did together. get married oh, eventually yeah eventually so Terry was out with uh, Lorraine on holiday with mum and he went and I must have been about 
12 or 13 and he went she could be a model and so kind of like planted the seed in mum's ear and then when I was because I wanted to follow dad's footsteps and become a show jumper so I did all the junior show jumping kind of going around my little 13 twos and and you know just having the best kind of childhood in in the back of a lorry kind of going trouncing around the country you know doing competitive show jumping as a little person and then I was going from ponies to horses and that's between your 15 and 16 and I bought my first horse young horse and I was going to bring him up through the stages and then sell him and this was how I was kind of like this was where my career was going to be and um, I only had a little pony lorry a pony trailer and this and Glenn remember his very very fancy name Glenn my first horse um, <laughs> kept on rubbing his tail on the back of the lorry because it was too short so I needed to buy a bigger lorry and didn't have the money and so you know phone phone mum dad and was kind of like oh you know it's just a pain and kind of get off take him off the ramp and the tails everywhere and and they said well you should why don't you try modeling go and speak to Lorraine and see what she says and so um and so mum took me down to London to meet Lorraine um and I remember she took me in because I was a very like tomboy never wore dresses Gemma my sister was much more into dresses I was kind of like always you know in trousers, always out and kind of making hides out of, you know, kind of brush and hay bales and things like that. So I was properly little tomboy. And so I was like, oh, and she said, right, you're going to have to get some makeup. I'll take you to the clinic um, counter. I can't remember where we went. Um, and, uh, and she bought my first kind of mascara and she was teaching me how to put it on. And I was like, so, so yes. And then off I went to Lorraine and I did some pictures in the agency and, um, just some, uh, test shots. And then they sent them around to everyone. And that was the beginning of my trying to fund my, my lorry. How nice to have a reason to make money. Yes. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's the good and thing a, about modelling. If you want, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well done. But I never got my lorry because my career just went off in such a wonderful tangent that for 10, 15 years I was... You forgot Glenn. I forgot Glenn. <laughs> Glenn got sold. <laughs> Glenn got <laughs> sold sharpish as I was uh, boarding Concord. <laughs> Glenn was like, I wasn't quite, I was very much on the back of the bus through most of my, most of my early years modelling. Um, but yes, we were very lucky. We didn't have have to do hair and makeup, you know, I had yes. the best, best Pat McGrath's, Mary Greenwell's, oh. Kevin Arquan, wow. Tom Pesho, you know, some of the most talented um, people doing. You literally just turned up. So, I mean, I just take my hats off. I remember meeting Varushka once. Oh my gosh. And she was just, and she was showing me the pictures, I think they're Avedon of where she painted her whole body like an animal. Yes, I know. Extraordinary. And doesn't she have the longest limbs? Yes. I saw her, I met her in New York on the dance floor. Amazing. And I just mesmerised. I had to stop dancing oh, and sit down so and beautiful. just watch her. <gasps> wow. She's an amazing, yeah. amazing lady. And she told me this story, and I don't know if it's true, but it came straight from her, that her feet were so big that she didn't fit into any of the shoes that she had surgery on her toes to make her feet smaller. No. Yeah. That's she take, told me that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's taking, <laughs> that's just making me joke. Uh, that's taking modelling to the extreme, darling, I know, isn't it? I know, but she didn't come from the easiest kind of childhood in, in Germany. And, no. Yeah, I believe. 
was it was a long time ago yeah. but I remember just being completely in awe of you guys that kind of did everything I mean we just kind of got everything made up and plonked in front of the camera and off you go then you're back home again fabulous fabulous but the talent for you doing all your makeup is amazing and hair I remember Twiggy and I being in in Italy mm. uh, for um, Italian Vogue and she and I just watched each other and copied each other's makeup yes. so it was fantastic we were photographed together like little twinnies yeah but amazing. I mean that's what we did we all copied each other I'd have loved to have been back then, kind of like that, how different it would have been to kind of us feeling rather spoiled, kind of having everything kind of you should laid have had on. A, you should have had a little taster of having to do it all yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And even bring your, bring your own accessories, which was always a bore. Yeah. But you kind of, the funny thing is with modelling, when I was, the first thing I remember is um, I had this wonderful agent called, after Lorraine, called Jonathan Pang, who I spent many, many years with. And, you know, he was like, look, I'll give you one bit of advice, never do your own book, because what you think is a good picture, a lot of other people don't. And, oh. so, and so I was kind of thinking of doing your makeup, how actually you would think a look will look really good on you, and you keep going back to that look. And sometimes I've, I've been in the makeup chair and they've done some wild and wild... And actually looks amazing but having the kind of guts to go right I'm going to go out here and yeah. you know it's kind of quite interesting. I couldn't do that. No. I think the wildest uh, makeup that I saw in those days mm. was the one that David Bowie and, and Twiggy did together which was a zigzag yes. of their faces. Oh my god it's that amazing. Was so, it's anyway, iconic. I, yeah and that was sort of based on Japanese makeup I think. Start off with the white faces yeah. and then the paint over the top. It's amazing the, the, the vision they must have, you must have worked together, yeah. like, so much with, with everyone. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we, we kind of literally were art-directed and were styled and everything to, to, you know, and it was kind of difficult because in the... I came from, at school, zero... Um, I was about to say intelligence, but that's not quite right, but zero kind of, like, uh, exams I got or anything like that, but I was very, very sporty. So I kind of, like you know, was loved to be fit and outside and suddenly then going into modelling and, you know, and then the the makeup artist would put, because I came in at that kind of heroin cheeky wafy stage oh, right. and they would put, like, black makeup all over, you know, like, blacking all your eyes out and, you know, and then the, the, the lighting for the shoot was very dark and dingy and, you know, it was that kind of era um, of especially shooting in London. And, um, you know, and it was kind of like so frustrating because I remember looking at kind of all the magazines of Christy Turlington and, and, you know, all of the beautiful supers being, you know, wonderful Versace. And, and then suddenly this whole era of kind of really grungy, dirty kind of like, and so it was quite frustrating for us as models not to have any input. Was it, of, was it um, upsetting to be I made up too and young look? to really understand the consequences of of people's ref, you know ref, reflecting at that image because it was all very then? exciting roughly I was 15 <gasps> you were really young yeah 15 16 17 really young you know and put into kind of corners of like old dirty nightclubs kind of like you know and and you know i just wanted to be all kind of tits and teeth and tits and, and teeth glamorous. But yes and glamorous and they were like no it's got to be all kind of like you've got to be down like this and I'm kind of like making very odd movements yes. for anyone that's listening. 
um, yeah, so it was kind of difficult because, you know, you didn't have that. You just kind of turned up. And so you, I did at times feel like, like cattle, really, in a cattle market. And off you get, and off yeah. to the other, and off to the other, and off to the other. And What was, what was the best outfit and the best session <gasps> that you can remember? Oh, my goodness. I think, I mean, there were some amazing moments where where Alexander McQueen first took over the house of Givenchy. And it was his first time that he was showing for a couture house, a, a French couture house, and he asked me to open that show. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. Um, then I think one of the most ones I really remember was Yoji Yamamoto, and he asked me to be the bride because it's always a lovely thing when you get to be the bride because um, it's normally the closing of the show. And... Um, I had this, he said, right, Jodie, you're going to be the bride. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And he said, right, come next door because the dress is too big. We couldn't get it in the fitting room <laughs> in Paris. So he took me out where I saw this ginormous bamboo um, kind of structure. And he said, right, I'm going to get pretty much shoes that I'm in like now, big DMs, flat DMs. He said, now you need to be really strong to hold this thing. And they strapped me into it. And it must have been, well, when I went down the catwalk, which was raised, I was covering the first three rows on either side of the catwalk oh, no. of the people no. watching the show. It was huge. And then I had this ginormous hat and they had four people all holding bamboo sticks, holding the hat up. So it was about two feet above my head as I walked down the catwalk. It was kind of one of those just crazy, crazy. Have you got photographs of that? Yes. I would adore to see yes, it. Yes, 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 I do. Um, it's, yeah, it was wonderful. I'd love to see that. It's hysterical. People were just like underneath and throwing my pants and my <laughs> great big DMs. It was great. It was so fun. Um, gosh, so many amazing moments because it was such a cool time as well because it was kind of like you know you had oasis and you had kind of like this really cool britannia you know jude law was filming everything you had sadie you had oasis you had kate and naomi you had the best hair and makeup artist so it was kind of like this real english you were in the middle in the How middle fantastic yeah it was a great time and so you were very aware that you were in this amazing time of fashion yes of kind of at, right. the, at the yeah at the hilt it must have peaked then yeah well With I, all the best models and great 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 designers all yes together. of course you had and all the girls, and Queen, girls. yeah and wonderful models it was all the brits everywhere from stella tennant to kirsty hume to you know oh gosh kate naomi myself jade parfit erin o'connor you know there was yes. a kind of like a really big very tall. Yes. All of us are very tall and statuesque. Um, apart from Kate, she's a little bit smaller than us. It's <laughs> a little. <laughs> Pocket rocket. Um, yeah, so it was a wonderful time. But whilst I was in it, I didn't really understand it. I was just, I was just riding the wave. And but what a lovely wave to be riding. It was, it was quite a wild Because you see, you knew one. also that when this stops, you can get back and find a new um, grant. Well, I mean, Glenn. it's Glenn. Glenn. Yes, Glenn. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, I kind of like, by the time I kind of, I started having my wobbles towards the end of my modelling career and then just went, oh, I just can't do this. It just fills me with fear of having to get on a Eurostar or a plane or, or you know, just I couldn't do it and I couldn't even leave the front door. You know, it was a terrifying. And no one really understood what anxiety was at, at that point either. 
and I, you know, went to a doctor saying I'm not sleeping. And then when now I understand anxiety because I wasn't sleeping, I was totally in flight or fight. Right. I therefore didn't eat because I just wasn't hungry. I just, you know, so I got myself into this complete kind of panic. And How no one, no one understood it. Whereas now it's, it's you know, everyone talks about it, which but is wonderful. But they must wonderful. have noticed you getting so thin and anxious. The thinner I got, the more work I got, which is slightly um, yeah. worrying, but unfortunately yeah. that's the way it goes. Um, and yeah, so it got to it got to a point where I just went, I just can't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I remember going to a doctor, they put me on beta blockers, you know, and I was just like, this is just not, not me. Or if I have a panic, blow into a brown paper bag oh, or something, which is like yes. hyperventilating yourself. It's yeah. the worst thing you could possibly do. So I went, right, that's it not doing it anymore and kind of went on to this next chapter of my life which was horses and racing cars and kind of I you know, know the, the natural progression of the model of course now this is lovely your drink yes um mm. Mm. i'm so it's enjoying tequila. it tequila tequila what's what's uh, how much tequila um, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How thirsty start, you are. Start with just, you know, a small shot mm. with some ice. And then um, I'm a great fan of this company. It's called Franklin and & Sons. And they do beautiful tonics. Um, yeah. And the one that I'm... It really just goes so well with this tequila. And I'm a big fan of this brand called Pancho Datos. And they do, um, they do this wonderful um, reposado. So it's a lot more smoky. It's been it's been oh. kept in the casket. It's a bit longer. Yeah. So it's almost like a, a whiskey rather okay. than it's just a it's a sip. I if I if I could I would just sip it. Yes. Um, but with a mix, if it's your first drink of the night, yeah. Um, then they do this wonderful mandarin and ginger. I love tequila as well. Oh, it's it's a delicious tequila. Let me see where. They do rosemary tonic water. They do, hang on, I'll read, I'll read what they do because I've got the thingy. So they do Sicilian lemonade and English elderflower. They do fragrant, fra fragrant, <laughs> like Jonathan Ross. <laughs> this is definitely working, the tequila. Fragrant guava and Persian lime soda. So you can imagine that with a That's lovely vodka. Um, rosemary tonic water with black olive. Love that. Mm. That would be good with vodka too. Yes, and succulent pomegranate with floral hibiscus soda. So that would also just be... <gasps> it's, it's they're wonderful. And the thing is that you don't have to be too... Gosh, you don't have to be too kind of like adventurous with, with your ingredients because nowadays you can get really good sodas and tonics with all these beautiful mm. ingredients that are already added to them. So you just bring a glass and ice and, and you know, four... Four ingredients and off you go. I know. I came across a tonic water the other day and it's soda water with Angostura bitter already in it. Perfect. Perfect. Just Perfect. a hint of pink. It's wonderful. Lovely. Yeah. See, they're doing it all for us. I know. <laughs> so thoughtful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Lovely. Well, chin, chin. Chin, chin. Ooh. Now, tell me about your racing, as in car racing. Oh, my goodness, Yes. Have you got a new job, Jodie? Have I got a new job? I'm... Besides running the park, <laughs> you need something else to do. So I'm just starting a new car show. I, I very accidentally fell into to cars and I don't, well, I do know how it happened, but it was just kind of like, I just as I said, I rode the next wave in my life. 
and that was a friend of mine. I was visiting a friend in New York, and she said, I am, I'm, I'm doing this thing called the Gumball Rally. It's arranged by English people. They're really cool. And it's basically um, like a five-day rally, um, amazing people. We're gonna go from, we're gonna go from New York to um, San Francisco. It was San Francisco or LA, I can't remember. I then did San Francisco to, to Miami. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, it was zigzag. So I, I didn't really drive. I didn't have a huge necessity to drive when I was modelling because you would always get kind of picked up and dropped off. And so, so I spoiled. Really <laughs> so spoiled, spoiled. Like ridiculously spoiled. Yeah. So when I moved back out to the country, I was like, well, I'm going to walk 15 miles to the local <laughs> to, get a, to, get a, to get a pint of milk. Um, so got my got my driving test. I should think only about six or eight months later, I did the gumball. And then I came back to the UK to do an award ceremony, the GQ Awards. Yes. Yeah. And I sat on the table with Jeremy Clarkson. And I went, oh God, you're the you're the car guy. I said, I just did this rally and, you know, amazing cars. And there were Conan's eggs and there were Ferraris and da, 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 da. And he was going, oh, well, you like your cars? I said, oh my God, it was amazing. It's extraordinary, still buzzing off the experience. Um, and he said, well, come on to the show. So I didn't really, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, have another glass of rosé or whatever he likes um and then I got a phone call uh about three or four months later and they said would you come and do the fastest lap thing or whatever I was like I to be honest I've never really watched the show but Julie, I can't believe that this was only shortly after you'd taken your driving, driving test, test. <gasps> yeah I'd never been on a track in my life but I suppose I'd, in a way you're used to speed with with, with horses yeah horses. exactly yeah. so so okay. flat out but that's one so you really power. understood. Yeah, so I, I got asked to come down right. to do Top Gear and I'd never seen the show, so I had no idea. I kind of knew that you had to go around a track and do a couple of laps and then and then um, have a little chat with Jeremy. So I was like, absolutely fine. Um, so I turned up and I you get put in a car with, with the Stig and they take you around the track, yeah. show you where you're going. Then you get in the car and Stig sits next to you just to make sure you're not gonna kill yourself. <laughs> Um, and then they just say, off you go. So I had about four laps and I was going, oh, do you know that top corner? Because you have to stop and start every time because it's a, a standing start. Um, and so they used to wind down the windows, have a little chat and say, oh, you know, whatever with the filming. Um, and I was like, oh, do you know that top corner? I wasn't going quite quick enough. And, and they were going, no, 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 you're, do you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. And then I said, right, I'll do another lap. And then they were like, right, you've got to get out of the car now. And I said, no, no, I want to keep going. I can get better. I, can, I know I can get better. And so then you have to wait all day until you do the studio bit at the end. Um, and didn't realise that beat everyone went straight to the top, beat JK, beat <laughs> all these people that have been, you know, proper kind of car nuts. Yeah. Um, and I just went, you know, I really loved it. I loved it. And the Stig then came to me and he said, look, you've actually got, you've got quite talented. And so I went off and got on my own, went up to Goodwood and got my ARDS, which is like a provisional racing license. So I started doing some track days. Um, and then I did a track day and Maserati were there with bringing, I think, one of their new cars. And, um, and so I met them all and they obviously watched me for the day and they said, look, we'd love to send you to Italy to to train with our Formula One um, no. trainer. Um, and 
and so I went down there and they said, look, we'd really love to kind of sponsor you to, to race in, in for Maserati. So I then raced for Maserati as an Italian for the next four years. Wow. Yeah, so it was amazing. Did you? Yes. How incredible. Raced all the bit. Like we were the support race for like maybe three or four Formula One races. So big, 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 scary tracks and big, big, scary days with 200,000 people watching. Wow. <laughs> Um, so it was amazing. It was amazing. So this encourages a lot of adrenaline, I imagine. Huge amounts of adrenaline. And I thought, right, if I get rid of the adrenaline in a controlled manner around a racetrack, I'm yes. not going to have it when I go to bed at night because I've depleted it and I'm not going to get anxiety. Um, but and yes. this worked? It yes, worked. absolutely. Yes. Um, but anyway, so that was, that was my kind of racing career. And then I kind of stopped. I had Indy. And when I had Indy, who's my little lad, um, that I kind of like the self-preservation kicked in and it's not about me tearing around on horses and cars and things like that, that it's all about this little little chap. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I kind of t took all the adrenaline things, they took a back seat and, and just became mum and kind of had a wonderful, wonderful time. But started getting into TV at this, this point, kind of doing... Strictly's and whatnot, kind of silly shows. Yeah, did a long time ago. Well done. I'm not going to tell you because no, right. it was the worst well experience. Oh, was of my it? Life. Oh, was it? <laughs> I'm not a very good dancer. <laughs> Who persuaded you that you should do this? I mean, it's a big show, and it was kind of something I love to grab. Life yes. when things get offered, and so. The beauty of being kind of like someone in my position where you've been lucky and very blessed and you've got a name, that you do get asked to do these shows. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, when am I ever going to learn to foxtrot or to do the samba or something like that? And I was like, you know, and you have the best teachers in the world. You know, just try not to think about the 15 million people that are watching it live every Saturday night. But, um, but yeah, so I just kind of went, do you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to do it. I love it. Why not? I love it. You're so brave. Oh, no, it absolutely was, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's just absolutely horrendous. Oh, dear. Anyway, got through that. But, um, but that's how... And then I got asked to do MasterChef. And then it was my... I fell in love with food from that experience. And that's how I got the pub was because of doing, oh, really? doing MasterChef and going... And I got to the final. And it kind of like being a model and being kind of like a sports person I always thought food was just for fueling your body rather than you know the wonderful excitement of of what a wonderful dish and journey it can take you on and so and so after I did MasterChef I just suddenly opened up these whole new doors of how incredible food is and and then ended up going to the bar. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have a mission star. Of course, style. this is what you do. Yeah, restaurants. Yeah. Oh, oh my wow. god. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful village, and and it's a beautiful building. Um, yeah, so I feel really lucky and blessed that we saved it because it was it was up for sale, and developers were gonna yeah. buy it and turn it into houses, and so it was very much a kind of a moment of madness um of of us getting it and then and then suddenly because I got it with two friends of mine that also have never been in the food and beverage industry in their life um and we all know each other from racing cars and um 
And so they, they, we went, they, they came to race at Goodwood and they said, Jones, we're driving past, why don't we meet up and have a, you know, a cup of tea? Or, and I said, oh, we'll go to the Mulberry, which is Chris Evans's pub. Yeah. That's not far from here. And so we were all sitting there and they, they were like, God, you know, I'd really love to have a pub. And I said, well, that's really funny because my local's up for sale. And I said, really beautiful. And I said, should we go and have a look at it? And they said, yeah, 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 let's do it. So anyway, we drove past and they saw the pub and you can't not fall in love with the building. Yes. Yeah. And then we took over the lease. And then they said, right, Jones, over to you now. And I went, I don't know, where to buy a keg of beer? Where do you buy your beer? I was like, do you go to Sainsbury's? I was like, where do I get stuff? I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I was like, do I go on Facebook? I was like, just... So it was a very so steep learning curve of many, many mistakes made. But um, but we've got there. We've got there. You know, if we can survive a bloody pandemic, then I think we're yes, we're absolutely. doing okay. That was a major test. That was a major test, mm. and especially when we were so still quite young. You know, we yes. had only only been open three years before COVID, and yeah. so. Um, yeah, so it was. It was. It's been. It's been very testing. And the food is utterly divine, oh, by the way. We've got a wonderful team in the kitchen. I it's just want to. Just... Go, so often, I want to go into the kitchen to find oh. out how he did this or that. You They're know. magical, aren't they? The flavours. Unbelievable. Um, Rob, who's who's because there's Gavin and Rob in the kitchen, and uh, Gab's our, our our general manager, and he's just been a rock he's just been so fantastic and thank god i found him really early and he's kind of guided me through everything um and i certainly don't think we'll be sitting here without without him um he's a brilliant brilliant chef as well as a barman as well as a handyman as well as oh, <laughs> a wow. front of house. I mean, he does everything <laughs> uh, and then we've got wonderful rob who who um who is with us right at the beginning and then yeah. he's hungarian Sweet. and he went off to to do hungarian master chef and he won it and then he's come back here did he yes win it? yes so wow. so it's very exciting the plans and the food and everything is going to be another level um, we just got to get everyone in. Yes, you will. Um, everyone will come in. Yeah. Everyone will come rushing in. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah, that's one thing because we've got two rosettes. So we've really kind of prided ourselves. Prided? Is that a word? Prided. Prided. Prod. Prod. Proded yourself. <laughs> it's the tequila. Yeah, pride ourselves on good quality food. And 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 another thing is that, that we kind of all decided when when we got it is that we want to give, you know, we're giving this back to the village. We don't want it to be turned into houses. Too many little villages have lost their little pubs. Yes. Um, but then also the the staff, we want them all to be local. So we kind of made it. It was quite tough, but I said, look, if we can get everything within a 20-mile radius, yeah. that will be our ethos. So it's all about supporting local producers, local suppliers, local team members, you know, so so uh, apart from Rob, who's come quite a few miles from Hungary, but it will, well, he's allowed. Yeah. And the wine, of course, yeah. is allowed because yeah. got to get our get our French wine yes. in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sorry, going back to racing again. Yeah. Are you st are you going to go back to um Top Gear? Mm. Are you going to be a presenter? No, I'm not. No, no. That 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 ship has sailed. I'm going to do my own one, oh, which okay. is even more exciting. So right. I'm going to join the kind of YouTube fraternity and and I'm doing my own kind of. Uh, 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 it's called Kidna's Sweet Shop, and we're filming it at the moment. We're going to launch it probably in July. 
but it's it's a lot of fun. I've been tearing around the countryside in some very beautiful cars. Really? Having the best time ever. Oh, how um, fantastic. Yeah, so so um, I'm actually going up on Friday to do another day and and uh, racing at Goodwood on Saturday. So it's great. It's brilliant. How it's fabulous. It's, it's wonderful, especially to kind of come out of the pandemic and where everything's been so wobbly and just have a lovely kind of goal and, you know, yeah. get the pub going, get Kid in the Sweet Shop going. And, yeah, so I've got all these lovely things kind of bubbling, which no, is great. I'm so happy for you. <sighs> this is great. What a wonderful series of experiences you've had. Mental, really. I love it. Just your version of sort of grabbing hold of life, grabbing totally. hold of anything that appears to you that is remotely interesting, and you grab it and almost eat it up. Yeah, and I think you have to. Yeah, you know, it's we have it's it's a relatively short life we have on this wonderful yes. planet, and and if you don't grab experiences, then you know it'll it can, go. It'll go yeah. exactly. And so I've always just just as you said eaten everything that's mm. been put in my direction but with such relish you've done everything so beautifully and so oh. perfectly and you know with such yeah. gusto and yes I definitely a lot of energy behind yeah. everything I'm like right come on and, let's go and here you are this most beautiful girl doing oh, all of these stop. things yeah i certainly congratulate you darling well sweetie thank you so much oh my goodness thank and you and i hope that this will be a really um, successful podcast. Yes. And I hope that all our podcasts yes. are going to be successful. Absolutely. Because we've been talking to wonderful people like you. I know. And, but it's uh, so good to have a natter. And I it just, is. I yeah. just love it. I just get in the car. The first thing I do, podcasts or, or Audible or something like that. I I'm, love, kind of, I'm listening to Audible at the moment. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's so good. Yeah, just love yeah. people kind of just nestling in on people's wonderful conversations. Yes. And, yeah. Totally with you. There are some good podcasts at the moment. Yeah. We did one last year because um, I and I love cooking. Yeah. So I'd make Rod lovely lunches every day. Yeah. Have them in the garden and I oh. photograph them. And then a girlfriend kept ringing, saying, "Oh, what are you cooking today?" <laughs> and I tell her. And then I thought maybe lots of other people are bored with their repertoire. Yes. So I, Matt and I did a, a podcast, lockdown lunches. Brilliant. You know, simple things, beet beetroot and apple soup and, you know, Brilliant. I mean, fish pies and those are all. But unless kind you of get things. guidance, you get stuck in your routine of getting your chicken, getting yes. your mince and then you do your spaghetti bolognese or your lasagna. Unless you it's listen a, and you go, oh, that sounds wonderful. That's a nice idea. I'll try yeah. that. Yes. Brilliant yeah. idea. So that was fun. Love it. And then this year I thought, mm, we can't do nothing. Yes. Cocktails. Cocktails. <laughs> so spring and summer. Tequila, tequila. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my darling. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for coming to the moon and thank you for supporting and listening to me rabbit on for God knows how long. So, listening to that podcast with Jodie, my God, she's a bundle of energy, isn't yeah, she? She really is. She really is. What an incredible episode. She's had... Uh, such a wild life. <laughs> but she's been very constructive with her wild life. Yeah. From a very young age, she seemed to know what she was going to do yeah. and what her passions were, and she just went for them. Yeah. 
yeah no she's amazing I, I, I love that episode I thought that was great yeah. and it was great to visit the pub as well and uh, although at the time everything was all packed up now it's all open up again oh it's a great pub have you, have you been there since it's opened? oh yes yeah. oh yeah 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 cool. I've been there two or three times since we since I last saw her yeah awesome I love it the food is exceptional yeah oh, I'm, I'm, it's on my list of places to visit so mm. I will do that um, so connecting with the podcast uh, you can do that on uh, all the social media platforms so if you're on Facebook you want to find official Patty Boyd if you're on Instagram it's Patty Boyd official uh, and if you're on Twitter it's at the Patty Boyd um, and then on YouTube you can uh, find these episodes um, if you look for Patty Boyd official and you can listen on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And uh, if you're enjoying these episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so please, by all means, leave a review or, or leave us a comment and uh, we'll check that out. Um, and uh, in a minute, we're going to finish the episode. And um, Patty, in, in the conversation with you and Jody, you, you mentioned um, uh, about a photo shoot that you and Twiggy did. And yes. uh, you've got some pictures here, haven't you? So Oddly enough, I do have yeah. some. So if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to finish the episode any minute, but we're going to have a little uh, bonus section. So stay tuned. I'll just show them. Yeah. Just um, run through with them. That's it. So uh, you can have a look at those uh, pictures. Um, but next week's episode, who do, who do you think we're going to have? Any ideas? This was a surprise episode. So next week, who, who are we going to go for? The fabulous Kenny Jones. Let's do Kenny. Okay. Cool. So next week, we're going to have Kenny Jones. Um, so uh, we will be looking forward to that. We hope you're looking forward to that. Any final words, Patty? Take care of yourselves. Be careful. Be mindful. And wear your masks. I think we need to protect ourselves and each other. <laughs>